you're listening to the Social Hub Podcast, a place where we give small brands the skills and know-how to master all their social media, digital and content marketing. I'm your host, Stacey Cranich, mum, champagne drinker and self-confessed karaoke queen. Join me in a journey of real conversations and meaningful messages that will help you grow in your business and life so you can have the most epic version of both. If you have a big vision and are ready to shine, then grab a cuppa or a cocktail and listen in. Welcome to episode seven of the Social Hub podcast. Before I get stuck into what I consider to be a pretty epic episode today, I'm going to follow through on something I've been promising since episode one, and that is that for everyone who leaves a review for my podcast is going to get a shout out on a podcast episode. So for two lucky people, I am following through on the goods today and delivering that. So the first beautiful review I've got from I think it was probably from episode one or two even like it was definitely my first uh, launch week for the podcast comes from Rachel from Flow Financial and Rachel says an excellent podcast bite-sized and chock full of useful information I can really use for my business now Rachel's Instagram handle is at Flow Financial and just to give you a little insight into what Rachel does coming from an old finance girl myself Rachel says that she helps people achieve financial security and reach financial goals by focusing on the person and all aspects of their life and goals, not just their finances. You could say we help you achieve financial wellness. So this is a brand new business, so you can head over and support Rachel. But even though they're brand new on Instagram, she's been in finance for 20 years. So congrats on the new biz, Rach, and thanks so much for the review. The next one I want to shout out today is from Sally Watson, career coach. I've known Sally for quite some time now, and she's actually been one of my clients for a little while. So this was a really special review as well. Sally says, love this podcast. Well done, Stace. I love how you've broken it down to make socials and marketing simple. And really, that's essentially what I'm trying to do. That is like totally my part of my mission statement is to simplify social media and online marketing so that you can all make the most out of it. Now, Sally is a career coach, so she helps women and men get hired for the job that they want, not necessarily the job that they have. She helps people zhuzh up their resumes so that they can stand out in a pile of applicants. And she also has an online program coming out in the very near future to teach people how to create a resume that stands out and gets noticed. So it's been a real pleasure to work with Sally on that. And if you are someone that is in the market for that or know someone that is, I can highly recommend that you follow her. Her Instagram handle is at Sally Watson career coach. So thanks so much for your reviews, ladies. And if you want to get a shout out on a future podcast episode, then all you need to do is head to your Apple Podcasts app, leave a review, pop your Instagram handle in the review, and you'll be getting a shout out of your own in a future episode really soon. Welcome everyone to today's episode of the podcast. I have got a guest speaker on today to talk to you about something that I know is 
sometimes one of the biggest pain points and challenges for a lot of my audience and definitely for a lot of my clients. I normally work with people in that kind of first one to three years in business before they're ready to outsource a lot of their marketing and are in that stage where they're DIYing everything. And one of those things that people DIY is their branding. And while, yes, sometimes you can get away with doing it on your own for a little while, you do get to a part in your business where you need to call in the big guns and get someone to really help you get clear on it. Now, we often hear in the marketing world, and you've probably heard from other experts, people say things like, your brand is more than your logo. But I feel that for a lot of small businesses, they don't know what that means or how to even unpack that. And that's where experts come in to really help you understand, number one, what your brand is, what it stands for, how you can unpack that yourself, and also some really good tips on how to really get clear on your brand and make sure that when you are investing in it, that you're doing it the right way. So I've got a lovely lady, Brody Rose from Brody Rose Creative Co with me today. And I really felt like she was the perfect person to get on here to talk about branding because she's actually helping me with my own branding for a new project that I'm working on that will be released early 2020. And I've just had such an amazing experience. So I knew that you guys all would have an amazing experience listening to her speak as well. So Brody, can you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about you and your business and yeah, what you do. Oh, hey, that's a lovely introduction. Thanks, Stace. Um, hey, everyone. So I'm Brody from Brody Rose Creative Co. I'm a freelance full-time in-house graphic designer. Um, so basically what that means is I run my own business, but I still work full-time for an amazing company in Brisbane that I've been with for over five years. I'm just the girl from Wolfwalk. So I grew up in a really small country town. Things weren't always accessible. So I feel like part of my creativity comes from that having to think outside of the box. But yeah, so when I kind of think about me and my business, um, I love helping other small businesses. I kind of see myself as having a big heart with, you know, values based around community, uh, loyalty, gratitude. Um, I try and practice gratitude every day. So thanks, Stace, for having me on your show. But yeah, we'll get into the podcast. You'll hear me talk about ideal clients throughout the episode. But I guess, you know, I identify my ideal client as a woman who runs or owns a business who has probably been DIYing her own branding for a while, but again, is, is looking at taking it to that next step and creating a brand for longevity and not just for right now. She's probably really passionate about a business and is down to earth. Yeah, cool. I love that you say you're the girl from Whoop Whoop because I grew <laughs> up in Lismore, which is a you're joking. Inland country town, northern New South Wales. I know Wales. where Lismore is. Yeah, I was yeah. born in Grafton. So. Oh, there we go. Yeah, see, yeah. that's why we get along. <laughs> Because we're girls from the country. Yeah, that's it. Oh my gosh. Totally, yeah. Small world. Absolutely. So I guess to start with, I would love you to expand and I guess sum up for everyone, what's in a brand? So when people say your brand is more than your logo, like what does that mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess it's very important to note that a brand is different to a logo. Your brand isn't just about the way that it looks. Um, good design is about communication through your visuals. Really, there's, there's the word brand, which is overall how people perceive your company. Then there's your branding, which are the actions that you take to build a certain image of your company. And then the mother load is your brand identity. So your brand identity is the collection of your brand elements that come together to create that brand image. 
for example, a logo is a key element to your brand identity, but there's also like your colors, your typography, your voice and how you speak to people, your graphic elements and, and a couple of other, other big things. So yeah, a, a brand mark or a logo without a message, like without kind of like you speaking to your audience is just decoration. And that kind of leads into the next question I was going to ask. You've touched on a couple of those things already, which is, you know, what are the main elements of a brand that you need to make sure that you have really clear? So you touched on, obviously, there's the the messaging and the identity and then the typography. So is there, you know, any other elements that you can expand on about what people need to be clear on when it comes to their brand? Yeah, um, I guess the, the first important part of your brand identity is, your message who are you trying to communicate with and and what are you trying to say so once you you delve into kind of working out who your target market is your ideal client that's when you can really focus on the on the visuals which is your you know your logo your color typography illustration graphic elements photography the, the photography style that you choose to use and your tone of voice but again i would i i can't stress the importance of you know having a a brand strategy and working out who you're trying to speak to through your brand first. A hundred percent. And it's funny, like I always lead with knowing your ideal client, like every program that I create, every strategy session or coaching session I have with a new client, the first thing I say is who's your ideal client. And then we work everything back from there. Yes. And I love it when um, somebody's looking at doing a brand and they get my branding questionnaire and they're like, oh, I hadn't even thought of, you know, who my ideal client was. And I'm like, what girl, what are you doing? No, no, it's not like that. But it, it kind of definitely brings out that conversation about who their ideal client is, who's their target market, who are they ultimately trying to speak to with their brand? Because, you know, as I said before, kind of like graphic elements, typography, without uh, a clear message or without knowing who you're trying to um, appeal to, it's really just decoration. I always say like, once you know who your ideal client is, then everything you do becomes about serving that person. So your content, your branding, your captions, your imagery, your offers, even down to exactly, you know, the hours of operation that you open your business for, like everything you do becomes about serving that person. Absolutely. And if you're not clear on that, then you just, you're not going to be able to hit that mark. And for a small business, it's important you hit that on the ground running as fast as you can, because, you know, as a small business, they've got smaller budgets, you know, you're competing with larger corporations. So you need to be able to speak to that person immediately. Yeah. And and, and yeah, aligning your values to the way that you operate the business as well. Because if you tell me that you're throughout your branding, that you're one of your business values is reliability. But I, um, you know, as a customer, they come to you through Facebook or Instagram and they, or they send you an email and they don't hear back from you, you know, within 24 hours and it might be a couple of days go by. You kind of, you need to make sure that if you're, if you're putting yourself out there as a reliable, trustworthy business, you're keeping up with those values throughout your day-to-day interactions with, with consumers. Yeah, for sure. How important do you believe it is to nail your brand and your branding as overall in your marketing strategy? Because marketing is a pretty broad term. Yeah, There's so many aspects to it. So how important is nailing your brand in that big pond of marketing? 
It's so important. Um, basically, the way that I look at it is your brand is a marketing strategy. Uh, it's communication through to your ideal audience about who you are and what you do. And Stacey, you spoke about it at the Collab Hub Brisbane event. You, you spoke about consistency. So, you know, consistency on your socials really important for your marketing. And I'm sure that you um, will talk more in depth about that on other episodes of the podcast. But, in, but consistency in your brand for your marketing is make or break. So um, the user experience experience on your social account through to your website, your call to actions, through to your in-person or in-store experience if you're a business versus uh, product, sorry, product-based business versus service-based, it's really important. It could be as simple as how they um, see your brand represented in photos, the tone of voice in your campaigns, uh, right through to the, you know, the the user journey on the website and where they click and, and how that works for them. Something that I, I love say about the social hub is that your tone of voice, not just in the way that you speak, but in the way that you write for your website, for your blog, for your email marketing, it's you. And we all know straight away that it's you. We can just, we can, it's like we can hear your voice as we read this email. And that's that connection with the, with your ideal, with the, your ideal client. It's so funny because so many people say that to me. They go, oh, I could hear your voice when I mm-hmm. read that post. And it's to me, that's like, that's nailing your branding, really. Like you want people Absolutely. to read something and say, yep, that's you that wrote that. <laughs> and to yeah. know instantly or to, and, you know, I always say to my clients as well, or say it to, to heaps of people, even in my audience, like you want to be recognizable. So yeah as as quickly as possible so one of the easiest ways to do that is to have a seamless brand across all of your channels i always say like it's your ecosystem and you want your ecosystem to blend oh, so feeling in. That. <laughs> uh, a lot like you just want your ecosystem to all blend in together so you know if your website is this like really super I guess, corporate professional website. And then your socials are like super relaxed with you at the beach and your thongs and stuff. <laughs> it's not going to be the same and it's not the same message. So people land on your website and go, is this even the right person? Yeah, that's exactly right. There's yeah. actually a really great quote um, by Seth Godin that I, I really like. And it's um, a brand is the set of expectations, memories, stories, and relationships that taken together account for consumers decision to choose one product or service over another and whenever I see or hear that I'm just like yes 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 like that's you know there's so much more that that makes a brand than just um, visuals it's you know storytelling it's feeling it's it's your outside um, senses it's smell it's you know you're not gonna walk into a candle shop and not smell the candles you know that's part of the, the the experience for that user Another thing I always say too, because price is always a really big thing for people. And I think particularly in small business and definitely, I think for us women in business, Mm -hmm. a price does come down to like, you know, that whole self-worth thing and everything as well. But the other part of pricing is that when a consumer can't see any other value, they will decide on price. So your brand and nailing your brand and having that all of that infuse into everything that you do and form that connection with your ideal client, then you're giving them an extra set of values that they can then determine in their purchase decision. Yeah. Which enables you to not have to compete on price. That's exactly right. If you're connecting with them on um, more than one level, there's already a, a, you know, a, um, 
there's already value in before they purchase a product. Yeah, totally. So then how can, how can your brand and your branding help you speak to your ideal client so that you can engage them faster and more effectively? Yeah, definitely. Um, I recommend that any small business look at their existing brand if they have one and think about their ideal client and put themselves in their ideal client's shoes. Think about what they're going to be looking for in terms of purchasing that product or service and, and what might appeal to them. I, I definitely think if you've nailed your strategy in terms of working out who your ideal client is, typically that ideal client knows by looking at your branding that it's something for them. For example, I guess um, if you're running like a, a grazing part of business and your ideal client is corporate events, then your brand isn't going to be targeted towards weddings and birthday parties. Um, that's not to say you're not going to cater for them. You still can. But if you're trying to attract a high-end corporate market um, who might need grazing platter for a, you know, a co- congregation of surgeons or lawyers, for example, then your branding more than likely isn't going to be you know, like a cursive wedding-style font. Um, it's going to be more thought out in terms of what your ideal client will be looking for you know, to speak to those corporate, to the corporate audience, not brides-to-be. So that's how you can speak to your ideal client to be able to engage them faster um, so that, you know, when they look at it, they know it's for them. Yeah, definitely. And they can recognize that really quickly. Yeah. Because if people can't see quickly what you do and if you're the right person for them, they'll just go somewhere else. Like I always yeah. say to people, if, so, if someone lands on your Facebook page and they cannot immediately see within the first couple of seconds who you are, what you do and and if you serve them, then they'll probably not follow you and they'll go find someone else. So your brand just helps you have that happen faster. If you've nailed your branding, they can see it faster. They'll follow you. They'll get into your ecosystem and then you move them through that purchase decision a lot quicker than if you haven't nailed your branding. I guess, have you got some examples of good brand strategies that you've worked on with some of your clients? Oh, yeah. Um, Good question. I have been lucky enough to work with some really awesome clients lately. One that was really fun was the Pinata Party Co. So um, they're a fun, bold, modern, custom backdrop and event hire business servicing uh, Southeast Queensland. Who BTW do the best custom backdrops. They're like so cool, super fun. Um, For those of you listening, Brody and I met at an event for a group that we're a part of called the Collab Hub and the Pinata Party Co did one of the backdrops and it was super fun, really different, think awesome, of awesome a, little business. <laughs> yeah, think of like a wall made of streamers. So you can feel the wall, it's got texture, you can play with it. Like I wouldn't recommend getting like, you know, <laughs> to win there, but like it's just such a different concept in terms of like a, a backdrop. And so I met Maddie from Pinata Party Co um, before the Collar Pub event, and I'd actually already done her branding. But meeting her at the event was um, fantastic. She really wanted a brand identity that would appeal to um, an event planner, most likely female, age 20 to 45, who was looking for like a custom feature wall for the next event. So the strategy behind the end, the end design was for a brand mark that was the epitome of a fun party but also had the longevity to represent more than just a photo booth backdrop. 
because they might grow and expand the business into more event high aspects. We actually ended up using the tilde, which is like the accent above the N in pinata uh, as like a confetti-like graphic bold pattern that represents their, their brand. Um, so that's another element that they have a part of their, their suite of branding to use throughout, you know, their website, their socials and so forth. Yeah. So that was a really fun one. And yeah, I, I really loved working on that, on that brand. Um, it was really fun and playful. Like it was just, you know, a really playful design. Another uh, recent branding project that has been really great is for um, Nadine Don't, who's a business consultant. So um, she wanted a brand identity that represented like a flourishing business. So she's going to help people flourish their business. She loved that kind of modern gypsy style graphic and wanted to appeal to like female startups who needed help with, you know, getting the business up and running. So looking at the, the end branding, we wanted, we have actually used um, great representation of, of like what a flourishing business might look like. From my perspective, looking at the concept development process, we went through different ways to, in how to visually represent a flourishing business. Um, she settled on the one that was literally like a flower growing out of her hands. Like she was presenting, you know, growth within her um, within her logo but there are other elements of her brand identity that are not so you know you you don't immediately see that she's a business consultant it's it's quite a beautiful well thought out put together um, brand identity that she has different elements to to use it's um, it's easy to talk about good brands and strategies but I guess it's important to note that people, we more than more often than not, we notice bad design over good design. Yes, 100%. <laughs> it's like you're more apt to give a negative review than a positive yes. one or yes. complain than leave a compliment. That's yeah. exactly right. So, you know, whether, you know, you see a logo that's really hard to read or has a completely irrelevant icon or even like you've seen some funny branding on Facebook, like where, you know, the packaging looks like a penis. Um, <laughs> so, you know, and it's one of those things that it might be using negative space that you don't immediately see it. But when you do see it, you can't unsee it. So yeah, like I was, um, I was driving the other day and I saw a Coffee Express event and I love coffee. I would be the first person in line for a coffee at a, at a um, you know, the markets or a local show. But um, this van had a, a backdrop of coffee beans and then a neon green frog sitting in the coffee bean. Not only did it make me think, oh, there's a frog in the coffee, but mm. it made me also visualise a frog going through a coffee grinder. And I was just so put off. You know, they, they still might would get people at a local level in terms of walking up to their van because they're they're going to buy a coffee, but is that branding scalable? Yeah. And I mean, for frogs someone like me, like, frogs are something I'm scared of. Like, I don't even know if there's a word for that, but I don't know if there's a word oh, for I'm it, sure but there needs to be like, because I'm petrified of them. Like if one of them was jumping near me, I'd scream and run in the other direction. Like it's that, it's like, it's paralyzing. Well, you were from the country. <laughs> oh, I don't know how I lived in the country because there's always frogs and toads around and oh I, I used to have to even my when I was younger my boyfriends would have to piggyback me that's how scared I am of them oh so God. if I saw that I really man, there is no way I'd go near it <laughs> 
not even go near the coffee well, bit. That's exactly what I just couldn't understand. And like, I guess as a designer, I probably think about it, but I also think that even just everyday people would look at that and go, what's the frog got to do with it? Yeah. Um, it, it had no um, indication of the product or the service and it made no, it wasn't relevant to the business name as well, which I won't say on here, but you know, there was no, I couldn't, I couldn't see a link. I see things like this happen a lot um, on social media where in their profile picture, so it, say it's an artist and they've got a picture of a something that they've drawn or it might be a restaurant and they've got a picture of a dish. Mm. Yes, that's what you do. Your brand needs to be something, again, that is easily recognisable across multiple channels. So, you know, yeah, you might have a nice you know, picture of an acai bowl, if that's what you serve in your cafe, but how many other cafes have an acai bowl? Like you need a brand that's going to be recognizable. So people go, oh, it's their acai bowl that has this and this and this in it. And that's why I want to, you know, go there. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, Something that I see a lot of is, you know, the, the DIY logos, which, you know what, there's a time and a place for a DIY logo. I'm not dissing a DIY logo. I've seen a couple of pretty bad ones, but, you know, ultimately there's, there's platforms where you can go in and make a, a quick logo pretty, um, pretty quick these days. But um, what I see a lot of is just very similar looking logos as well. So, you know, it might be for, you know, using the example of the, the grazing platter service. It might be just, you know, like a, a script font that says grazing putters or, or something like that. And you kind of go, okay, I can read what you do, but the logo that you're using doesn't necessarily represent anything else to do with your business. And it looks just like somebody else's. Like, you know, where's the differentiation? But yeah, I see that a lot too. Yeah. And so that leads into a really good question is mm. what are the pros and cons of a small business doing DIY branding or using services? Because let's be honest, there's a lot of, when we talk about design elements, there's a lot of designers out there that, or people that call themselves designers that are using templated logos. Mm. And this is where we seem to find a lot of people with very similar imagery in their like logos and their cover photos and everything. And it all kind of starts to blend in a little bit. And while it might seem attractive because it's a little bit on the cheaper side, it'd be good to get your way in on what the pros and cons are of DIY and some of those cheaper services, like, you know, say your Fiverr or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Look, there's, as I said before, there is definitely a time and a place for a DIY logo or, or using a service such as Fiverr, for example. But as a designer, I warn my friends and family about the, the quick, cheap services because you're going to get out what you put in. If you're putting in five bucks, then the value that you get out of it is probably going to be worth not even five dollars. As you, as you said, Stace, they could be using a, a template or a logo that 9,000 other businesses are using and you know you don't know if that's previously been trademarked by somebody else it's not just you know oh we might be using a similar logo there actually could be legal implications and it's not going to be aligned with your business and the message you're trying to communicate or your ideal audience yeah because Um, a lot of those sort of places will just be like go churn them out they just want to see like give me an example of ones that you like and then they just kind of churn out something similar to that. So there's no real branding process in there. Yeah, yeah. And, and just because um, a client says to me, this is what I like, isn't necessarily going to be what I present to them as a concept. If we're going through their, uh, the, the journey of their ideal client and what they 
what the ideal client will be um, will appeal to, then it might not be anything like what the client thinks it should look like. So that's also part of the journey between a designer and the client and that concept development stage. Yeah, um, sure. But yeah, going back to like the DIY logos, generally that's representing a business that's pretty much just starting out. It you know probably looks okay, has an initial function. But um, clients and customers are probably able to tell that it's a DIY logo or even like that it's a new business or a side hustle. So I guess the questions that you need to be asking if you are considering a DIY logo is, you know, does it communicate with your ideal client? Has it grown with your business? Or, you know, for people who are using a DIY logo, has it grown with your business? Are you proud when you look at your logo? And what message is it sending? Great questions. And, you know, absolutely, you know, people get started and sometimes you just have to DIY something and put yep. it together. But absolutely. And if that's, if that's where you want to sit, like if it is a side hustle and that's kind of where it's going to stay, then, you know, maybe that is going to be enough to carry you through. But if you're someone who wants your business to be the thing that, you know, provides for your family and enables you to do all these amazing things and reach all these goals that you want in life, then you do get to a point you need to up level on the branding. Yeah, absolutely. So that your business can go there. Yeah. And especially for businesses considering a rebrand, I, I tend to say to businesses, look, if you're, if you're going to upscale, if you know in the next 12 months, your business is going to go to the next level, consider doing your rebrand now because you still want to maintain, you know, your current existing client base, knowing who you are. You don't just want to rebrand in six months time and then your existing clients don't um, recognize you. So, um, you know, there's always a a time and a place for a, you know, a a DIY logo. But yeah, as you said, it's safe. If you're looking to upscale, it might be worthwhile considering, you know, looking at your brand message and your brand identity. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it's just about knowing, you know, when is the right time to invest in certain things? Because, you know, growing your business is an investment and yeah. there are times when you, you just, you've got to invest in those things so that you can have the business you want to have. Yeah. For sure. So another, um, sorry, Stace, another no, right. is look at your competitors, look yes. at their branding. If they're presenting like really well thought out branding, then um, your ideal clients are probably going to go with them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So what are some of the platforms and services that help people maintain that brand consistency? So this is really good for those people that are still in DIY phase, I guess. So what are some of those platforms and services that can help those people? Yeah, so I'm super passionate about this. When I do a brand for a client, I don't do a brand for a client and expect them to come back to me every month for you know, new content for the socials or, you know, new graphics or photos or anything like that. Um, They're more than welcome to. I'm happy if they want to pay me to put together some content, I can do that. But part of the branding process for me is educating my clients on what they can use to help them maintain that brand consistency themselves. So they don't have to continuously outsource to a designer or to a content producer if they don't have the budget for it. So um, I've got a couple of a couple of tips, um, and these are all things that I use. Cool. So I love Google Slides. So Google Slides is within um, Google Drive. As it's a uh, a product, uh, sorry, a service offered by Google. Basically, the way that I tell my clients to look at it is like a online live PowerPoint. 
slide deck. The great thing about Google Slides is that you can adjust the page setup. So you can change it from like a normal looking PowerPoint slide to like a square graphic for Instagram, um, a story graphic for Instagram or Facebook. Um, you could even design like a Facebook cover graphic in Google Slides. You just have to adjust the size of the slide. So I set up um, social media templates for all of my branding clients and I add in you know, graphic elements and text fields, which they can then jump in there, edit, and then export that to, you know, a picture that they can then post. So in terms of value, like it's such a, it's anything that you can edit and reuse, I see um, so valuable for small businesses who don't have the budget to be able to outsource their content production to somebody else. Being able to jump in there and write, you know, sale now on 50% off or being able to jump in there and uh, create a, a new Facebook cover that represents your current um, strategy. It's, um, yeah, really valuable. And part of, you know, what I try to tell my clients is that there should be easy ways for you to maintain brand consistency. You've just got to take the leap in faith to learn how to do it, and then you'll be able to continue to use it. Another really cool one is Canva, and you've probably all heard of Canva. Um, love Canva. I live yeah. on Canva. It's like my best friend. Ooh, besties. Um, yeah. So Canva is great, you know, to DIY the socials and, and to maintain that brand consistency. Your designer will be able to provide your, um, your graphic elements, your logos um, with transparent backgrounds. So that way you can overlay images or photos. I've even done Canva templates. So that way you can, instead of using Google Slides, you just use Canva and to re recreate some different content. Yeah, I love, yeah. actually, I do have Canva templates as well that I mm -hmm. give to clients and it's awesome. Like I've yeah. done like editable guides and, you know, stuff that people, and I just give my clients like the link and then they can say, copy it and save it and reuse it for themselves. And all those sorts of things where you can just like plug and play your brand elements into like something that's templated yes is so easy to then make sure that you've got that consistency yeah because when a customer or a client looks at it and is scrolling through their socials and they see it it's kind of they instantly instantly relate it to that journey experience that they could have already done with you if they've already purchased a product or use your services or it could be that prompt to be like, oh yeah, that's so-and-so, oh, what have they got on this month? Or what are they, what are they trying to, to tell me? Because they instantly know that it's you. They instantly know that it's your brand. Yeah. And, you know, I think too, it comes down to, we need to be, it comes down to gratitude really. Like we need to be grateful and acknowledge that we live in the age of the entrepreneur and we have got these platforms at our fingertips that are either free or um, some of them are a low cost. Like I do pay for a Canva membership, but it's like, I don't know, $12.95 a month or something. And, you know, 10 years ago, that oh wasn't available. <laughs> like you had to go and pay designers to do this for you all the time. You oh didn't have website. all this stuff. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, you know, like we, we do need to be grateful these days that we have all of this at our fingertips to use that, a lot of it's free. Facebook and Instagram are free. You know, there's all these things you can do that are low cost that help you build a much better brand as a small business than ever before. And not to just build a, a good brand, but to connect your brand everywhere. So, you know, these yeah. platforms and these services are fantastic ways of, of connecting your brand and connecting the dots for your, um, for your audience. We are, you know, a lot of us are all on 
different social platforms. We're all on, you know, different times of our lives as well. Like, you know, somebody might be super busy and might not have time to jump on their phone all the time, but they're going to see, you know, a billboard when they, you know, drive past, yeah. um, you know, and, and, and being able to recognize a brand is just invaluable to companies and businesses where, you know, you might not be the only service provider in your industry. There might be other people out there doing the same thing and, and you're, and you're trying to, um, to win those clients over. I often say there's really no unique idea these days anymore. Like we all do something that someone else does in some way, shape or form. Yep. So for people to connect with us, it comes down to your brand and your brand messaging and the consistency of that, of what people will connect with. Yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah. You're so true. Yeah. Yeah. So I would love you to share. And I, the reason I want you to share this is because I've kind of been through this process with you in the other project that we're working on together. And I want you to talk about what are some of the things that you ask clients before you start working on their branding with them. Now, I know you said to me just before we press record on the podcast <laughs> that I sent you through like this full um, you were fantastic. I- oh identity God. of exactly this is my ideal client and this is what I'm doing. And like, a, you know, I was pretty, pretty clear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I also work in the marketing realm anyway. So it like I was already halfway there. Yeah. And I understand all these concepts to a lot of small businesses out there. They've never been through this process. They've never been asked some of these mm. questions. And even some of the questions, even though you say I gave you this like I even did that like a little, you know, PDF and everything. Like I was so prepared, but you still came back with questions I hadn't asked myself yet. Yeah. And you still came back with meanings and concepts and everything behind some of those like draft images that you've sent me that I hadn't thought about either. And it got me really thinking about, yeah, this is actually what I want this to stand for. And it's helped guide me in how to choose the right branding that we will eventually go forward with. And I know I'm being really vague guys, but I haven't launched um, or even done any sort of pre-launch marketing for this new project that I'm working on. So I'm a bit mindful of that, but it is coming and you will see it and you will know that it's, you know, all the beautifulness is comes from Brody. But um, yeah, what are some of the questions you ask people just so that listeners can get an idea of what that would look like for them? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I generally say to my clients, I'm like, okay, some of these questions are going to seem a little bit out there, but there is a method to the madness. And like, I've had clients come back to me and go, oh, I just wanted a logo. I hadn't even thought of who my ideal client was. And I'm like, well, you know, if your um, if your ideal client is, you know, a specific target market, I don't want to just create a logo that might speak to them or that, you know, speaks to everyone because it's not going to talk to them directly. Yeah. So anyway, some of the typical questions I ask is um, who your ideal client is, you know, if they if they have an age gap or they're in a specific niche of, you know, a social group, who are they? What problem are you solving for them? Why would they need your product or service? Yeah. What, what are your business values? Um, what are your personal values? Give me some keywords to describe your product or service. How would you describe your relationship with your ideal client? Like how do you interact with them? What kind of experience would you like your ideal client to have with your product or service? I even go as far as asking, you know, who's your competitors? Do you know of any competitors in the local area? Um, Because at the end of the day, I don't want to be producing a brand that is similar to potential competitors because 
then you know client uh, potential customers might not be able to easily differ- differentiate the two businesses but yeah so in instances where a a client comes to me as a service provider it might the questions that i ask might be more around you know their interaction and how they how they do their day-to-day business or if they want if they're a business service and they are offering a product that is you know, designed for their elderly parent, then it might be, you know, having more of a conversation around the relationship between them and their parent. Um, and, you know, some keywords that might describe that, that I could then use throughout that concept development stage. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll let you guys in a little bit of a sneak peek, but my daughters and myself are really the hero of this new business and, and of the brand that is behind the business. So some of the questions that Brody asked me was five words to describe myself, five words to describe each child. It was funny because, you know, I I ask clients to do this, but when someone asks you to do it yourself, it's really hard. So I ended up sending back this email that was like paragraphs long. I'm like, I can't put it into five words. Like I just can't do that. (laughs) But it was great because it really gave me an insight to um, the relationship between you and your girls and, and who they are as not just individuals, but also you as a, as a group. Yeah. Cause that relationship between a mom and their kids is so different between each mother and each child and obviously them collectively as a group together and the roles that they play in that little unit. So going through that, I was, yeah, it was awesome. Like to have those questions <laughs> thrown back at me because it made me think deeper and for everyone out there listening, if you haven't been through this process, you might be sitting there going, Oh, I don't, I don't need to do that. I don't, don't need you to ask me those questions, but you really do because it makes you sit there and think about it. And if you've never thought about it, the process of just kind of sitting there and percolating on the answers to some of these questions helps you really get in touch. And if you want to get woo woo about it, but like, you know, go into yourself and really think about what your brand stands for. And then, like you said, all the design and everything is, is, you know, the implementation of you know how you show that brand but mm-hmm. that process of understanding all those things first is I, I cannot express how highly valuable it is yeah it stays i completely agree with you really any any designer out there can put together a logo but until you work out who you're speaking to and what message you're sending um it won't be um specific to your brand yeah for sure so in kind of wrapping up the interview is there any other tips or anything else you want to talk about or say or touch on for anyone listening that is you know getting started with defining their brand or even thinking about rebranding yeah absolutely um i just want to go back to the getting your message right and making sure you're really thinking about who your ideal audience is and not just your ideal audience for the next six months but you know where you want your your you know your business to to grow and develop to because I wouldn't ever want a designed brand to limit you in any way. Like I've had a client come to me. It was a photography business, and their the name of their business was really long. It was the name of them as a person, um, event, portrait, and wedding photography, and it was super long. And I said to them, I said, well do you do pet portraits? And she was like, oh yeah. I'm like, but that's not in your name. So that's limiting you because people can't instantly see that that's what you do. I said, um, and we, luckily enough, it was a, a, a startup company. So they hadn't yet kind of been out in the world. So we actually rebranded um, to the name of her as a, um, so her name and then studios. And so what that then did for her business 
is that it didn't limit her in, in what kind of work she did as a photographer. So now she's done some model shoots, she's done um, corporate events, she hasn't just done, you know, like portraits or families or, or yeah. So I guess, um, yeah, big tip is, is don't let a brand limit you. Always think of your brand in terms of longevity and where you want it to go. Make sure that you nail attracting your ideal client in terms of what that message is. Consistency. Uh, and Stace, you have, you've driven this into me and I, I, I love it. Is, is just <laughs> if, you, if you're going to go through the rigmarole of, of getting a brand designed or um, even having that conversation with a designer, you need to be prepared to be consistent in how you use that brand. Um, in terms of, you know, across your socials, your website, um, your email signatures, like everything is part of that brand and that experience. And and thinking more so about your brand is not just visuals. It can be your tone of voice, the way that you chat to somebody. It can be um, the smell. It can be the feel of the paper that you use. Like it's, it's really like it's so much bigger than um, what so many people think of it as. It's not just the logo. It's everything. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you get, you see that with the big brands as well. Like you, you know, think about BMW and you think of a luxury vehicle, you know, yeah, you think about yeah. Ikea and you think about something you have to put together yourself. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I love, but yeah, like I love minimalistic, simple design. Um, nothing is more confusing to me than like a busy logo. It might have like a watercolor background, might have several graphics with multiple font types that to me as a consumer is just confusing i don't know what the message is i don't really know what they're trying to say oh less um, is totally more like i see oh, it on yeah. people's social media feeds and i'm like what do you sell because mm-hmm. your, your feed's so messy nothing stands out yeah. so like you want what you do the core of what you do to stand out mm-hmm. so people yeah. can land on your feed and go that's what you do <laughs> and and it's so funny because um good design isn't what about uh, like it's not about what can be added to communicate a message. Like it doesn't have to be a whole lot of font or, or or body copy. It's, you know, what can be taken away? And especially in terms of a designer and putting a brand or a logo together, it's not necessarily about adding all of these different elements that might, you know, be icons of, of the products that you offer. It's about what can be taken away that still communicates to your ideal client. So if anyone listening wants to get in touch with you or find you on socials and connect with you, where can they find you? Yeah. Uh, my, so my, um, my website, it's got all of my contact information. Um, it's www.brodyrose, B-R-O-D-I hyphen rose, Um, Or they can follow me on Instagram. That's probably the social, um, the social platform I'm on the most. It's at Brody Rose, B-R-O-D-I-R-O-S-E. Um, and Stace, for any of your listeners, I have a 20% off my branding package. So what I'll do is I will give you a special um, web link to my website that you can put in the show notes. Um, and if people click on that, they'll, be, they'll get like a code word that they can use and quote to me and they'll get 20% off. Awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you and so I, much. I've also... Oh, that's all right. I've also got a, um, a free download of a small biz branding checklist. So that's free download. Anyone can, um, can check that out. It'll give you some questions that you should be asking yourself as a small business as to, uh, and the steps that you can take in terms of designing your brand or, or, you know, working with somebody to help design your brand. Yeah. Awesome. So there's something there for everyone.
Yes. It's perfect. It's been so fun. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. All right. Well, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. And yeah, stay tuned, guys, for the release of my new project, which is going to, you know, the graphics and, you know, the branding behind it is going to be all part of um, Brody's handiwork. So you will get to see more of that soon. And um, yeah, I will be releasing that little treat um, as soon as I can. So thanks, Brody. (laughs) No problems. Thanks so much, Stace. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Social Hub podcast. You can find the show notes for today's episode over at all the W's, thesocialhubau.com forward slash podcast. And if you want to join me in my community and continue the conversation, jump over to Facebook and join the Social Media 101 Facebook group. Until then, stay classy.